Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The following is a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradlogancote. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. And now, from the vault, to the pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. Here's your host, Brad Logan. And here we go, it is Alabama week here on the Believe in Ole Miss podcast as the Rebels and the Crimson Tide get ready to uh, get after each other at 2.30 this Saturday in Brian Denny Stadium. Uh, Television, of course, is CBS, and it is a big one. Uh, The Rebels come in. Ranked anywhere from 11 to 13. Of course, Alabama is a number one across the board. And the Crimson Tide come in ranked 4-0. The Rebels come in ranked 3-0. Uh, one, uh, Alabama has had an SEC game a couple of weeks ago. They were able to take care of Florida. It was closer than people anticipated. 31-29 was the final score. And Florida, of course, had a chance to, to get a two-point conversion, and it failed. So it is a, a team in Alabama that has uh, had a little bit of, I guess you could say, a bit of a challenge here early in the season. Uh, we'll see what happens when uh, the Rebels roll in here in a couple of days as they face the Crimson Tide at 2.30 on CBS. A big show today. We'll hear from Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin. We'll also hear from Matt Corral, the Rebels signal caller. And then we'll hear from Alabama head coach Nick Saban about what he has to say about this Ole Miss football team. Before we get into uh, kind of the superlatives of this game, we want to thank everyone for being part of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you uh, have a chance, be sure and follow Believe Podcast on Twitter. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. And also the Believe in Ole Miss podcast at Believe in Ole Miss. I'm, of course, Brad Logan, your host. Be sure and follow me at Brad Logan C-O-T-E. If you get a chance... Uh, subscribe, download, and uh, and review the podcast on wherever you uh, get your podcasts. The, the good folks that believe do a great job of getting this out to every podcast source that you can imagine. So we're grateful for the, the growth in the podcast and then everywhere it's, it's going and everything that we've got coming down the pipe. If you need to get in touch with me, just shoot me a direct message on Twitter or be sure and shoot uh, the Believe at Ole Miss podcast folks a direct message on Twitter as well. Looking at this football team, uh, Alabama comes in 4-0, 1-0 in the conference. The Rebels 3-0 have not played a conference game. Interesting to see, as we all know, that uh, Lane Kiffin served as the offensive coordinator uh, under Dick Saban just a few years ago and won a national championship. Uh, this is the 69th meeting between Alabama and Ole Miss as the Crimson Tide lead this all-time meeting, 66-10-2. and uh, Alabama has currently won the last five. The last meeting, of course, last year, the Rebels and the Tide, 63-48 to was the score. Ole Miss could do nothing defensively against this Nick Saban-led offense, and then they pretty much had their way uh, with the Rebels, specifically down the stretch. A key component I think a lot of people are talking about is Nick Saban's record against his former assistants. It's 23-0. Lane Kiffin looking to be the first assistant to ever beat Nick Saban in head-to-head action. 
He's actually 16 and three all time uh, against Ole Miss, and 12 and two at Alabama against the Rebels. Uh, and of course, Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin, <clears throat> 0 and two against the Crimson Tide. That one loss came back when he was the head coach of Tennessee. The other coming, of course, last season as head coach of Ole Miss. Always find it interesting. It's always interesting to look at the series, depending on who Miss, who Ole Miss has played in its entirety and looking at the current streaks and that sort of thing. We talked about earlier the streak, of course, Alabama has won five straight. That dates back to uh, 2016 and, of course, to 2021. If you look at the 14 and 15 games, that's when Ole Miss was able to win both in Tuscaloosa and at home. The 14 game was a 23 to 17 win in Oxford. Of course, everybody remembers that game, which the goalpost came down and it was a game in which Sinquez Golson uh, made the interception in the end zone. It was overturned via replay, and it was honestly one of the biggest games in the history of Ole Miss football. Uh, 2015, Hugh Freeze would have a great offensive game plan and would eventually beat Alabama 43-37 to in Tuscaloosa. That, of course, was the Chad Kelly game in which he had the bounce pass off the Quincy Attaboy Joe Hillman and uh, the Rebels were able to secure the win. At that point, you have to go as a pretty good streak in which it goes from 2004 all the way to 2013. That's when Alabama was able to come away with wins. Some of those games were actually pretty close. You look at 2012, it was 33-14. Another close game was 2008, it was 24-20. to Date back to 2007, it was 27-24. And then, of course, the 2006 game was an OT game, 26-23. And uh, 20, 2005, another close one, 13-10. to 10. So uh, those were close games. And the last time you have to go all the way back to 2003 and Eli's senior year when the Rebels pretty much uh, beat Alabama about as bad as the Rebels who beat Alabama in the last probably 50 years, 43-28. to 28. And uh, the Rebels were able to, to, to make, make hay of that Alabama team uh, there in Oxford. It was a big win at the time for Ole Miss. And the stat, uh, at least every other year, that keeps getting brought up is, is Ole Miss's record in Tuscaloosa. And I think everybody knows that it's not great. And you go back to 1988, it's when the Rebels were, uh, won the game 22-12. to It was the day that they inaugurated the Bear Bryant uh, Museum. It was homecoming. And it, if memory served, I think Ole Miss was either 1-2 and two or 2-2 two and two in the year. Sean Seitz goes up the middle, 22-12. Uh, to 12, The Rebels come away with the win. The first time uh, this – that, that Ole Miss has ever won in Tuscaloosa. And, and you know, this dates back, at least this uh, this game dates back to 1894. <laughs> Ole Miss actually won that game 6 to nothing, October 27th, 1894, and the Rebels have only won twice. Of course, I'm talking about the second win coming in Tuscaloosa uh, all the way into 2015. So it is not going to be an easy game. The numbers do not back it up. Uh, the spread came out. Uh, I think it opened at 20. Some books had it opening at 17. It's down to 14 and a half. So the Rebels do have a chance uh, if things fall correctly. We'll talk, uh, or at least we'll hear from Nick Saban. Uh, Once again, we'll hear from Lane Kiffin. And uh, we'll get more information about what we're to expect uh, from each coaching staff and some of the players and about what they expect on Saturday's game. Once again, the 69th meeting between these two teams, 56-10-2 in the favor of of the Alabama Crimson Tide. Also, the thing that's kind of blew up over the last day or so is Michael Wilbon, pardon the interruption, came out and had some very, well, let's just say 
it seemed to be personal comments directed toward Lane Kiffin. I was actually pretty proud of the way Kiffin came and responded to Wilbon and what he said. Secondly, uh, Director of Athletics uh, Keith Carter also backed up the comments of Lane Kiffin. Uh, it appears personal, and it appears that uh, Lane Kiffin did not take highly to what Michael Wilbon of ESPN had to say. We'll have those uh, comments from Wilbon, and we'll also uh, talk a little bit more about what Lane Kiffin had to say. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll hear from head coach Nick Saban of the Alabama Crimson Tide right here on the Believe at Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Podcast Network. It is a place which exerts an extraordinary pull on all who have walked its hallowed ground. Thousands come each year, and yet no one ever really leaves. Ole Miss is for life. A major university with the familiar intimacy of family. Friendships that are more than friendships. Moments that are more than moments. An autumn celebration on a Saturday afternoon in the Grove. Contests waged and triumphs savored. With our largest freshman class, soaring honors college, national reputation for academics and research, our pride is overflowing. Today, more than ever, for all who have ever called this magical place home, you never leave Ole Miss. Welcome back to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Want to be a part of the program? Just email the show at brad.logan at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at bradloganCOTE. Whether it's touchdown Ole Miss or showers and right, it's all Ole Miss all the time. And now back to the show. We had the offensive and defensive players and special teams, and you know, uh, Jamison Williams is the SEC Special Teams Player of the Week. Had a fantastic game on kickoff return, and uh, really did a good job all the way around in the game. You know, Ole Miss has a an outstanding team. I think they've got like 17 starters back from a team that won eight games last year. Um, Lane does a an outstanding job with their offense. Uh, their overall team is improved in every category uh, defense special teams uh, they really are playing extremely well uh, this is one of the best offensive teams in the country no doubt a quarterback is a fantastic player understands the offense well does a great job of executing it they've got really good running backs they've got lots of speed uh, they've got good receivers the offensive line is returning intact so a lot of really good players that are really well coached and uh, you know, their whole fastball system uh, is something that's always a challenge for the defense to, you know, get lined up and play with great poise and be able to focus on, you know, doing your job. Uh, so uh, it's a real challenge for us from that standpoint. You know, defensively, they're really, really improved uh, from a year ago and their statistics and, you know, the way they've played. Um, you know, I think they got a little different system that they're playing. Um, dropping a little bit more uh, like Arkansas-like with a little more eight drops and uh, playing a little more odd type stuff. So, um, and they have done it extremely well. And, you know, because they've got good team speed, they're good on special teams, they've got a great punter. So, um, you know, this is a really, really good team overall and going to be a real challenge for us uh, come Saturday. But we're definitely looking forward to it. 
Um, we're making progress as a team, and I think it's going to con- we need to continue to do that this week. And that was head coach Nick Saban about the game upcoming this Saturday. He's got some incredible numbers. And I don't know if anybody has a chance to look at just how successful Saban has been in Alabama and in his career, really. A combined record of 265-65-1. That's a whopping 802 in regards to a percentage and winning percentage with seven national championships, six of those coming at Alabama. Uh, Ten conference championships and 21 of his teams have played in the postseason bowl games, including trips to the BCS National Championship game following the 2003 when he was at LSU, 2009, 11, and 12 seasons. And, of course, the CFP semifinals in six of the last seven seasons, including five of the last six college football playoff national championship games. That's insane. So, I mean, you know, out of the seven national championships, six at Alabama, the one at LSU in 2003 – and uh, Nick Saban has some gaudy numbers as a head football coach. But like we said, you know, the most gaudy numbers of all, at Alabama, he's 174-23. and 23. That's a .883 percentage in the conference, 169-23. and 23. Those numbers are just absolutely insane. Of course, that first year, uh, a record of 7-6, and 1-4 and four in the conference. After that, he reeled off an insane amount of numbers where he never lost more than two games in the conference except the 2010 year when he went 5-3. and three. Now let's hear from head coach Lane Kiffin of Ole Miss about what he thinks about the upcoming game. After the bye week, um, going out there on normal Monday and continue to prepare um, for a great team, as we all know. Um, you know, like I said last week, don't see any holes in this team, you know, and – Kind of like I said, <clears throat> referred to, you know, with free agency, if they did have them, you know, at receiver or linebacker, they, they filled them. So it'll be very challenging not just to play them, but to play there. And if you think about it, we've really never played in front of a crowd in two years, um, you know, because of COVID uh, to go to a true road game. So that brings challenges on its own. And so we'll have our hands full. I'm sure it's why we're a huge underdog for a reason. Lane, you've talked a lot in the past about being at Alabama for those Ole Miss upsets in, in 14 and 15. Do you talk about that at all, or kind of what do you say to your team this week about heading into play a number one team? Not at all. It has nothing to do with this. There are no players, no coaches here. Um, maybe Coach Nicks, but um, that has nothing to do with this game. Uh, so those are two really big wins by Ole Miss. And, you know, and any time that you go go play a number one team, especially there, but um, you're going to have to prepare really well. You're going to have to play really well. You're going to have to get some breaks, go your way, you know, to have those type of upsets. And that's why they rarely happen. And you got to have a lot go right. So, you know, maybe we can get one of those passes where the quarterback gets hit and then they drop it and it tips up to us and we go score. I'll call Hugh and ask him what that play was called. Lane, you said uh, last week, you know, talking about the, the open date and everything that uh, maybe it came a little early because you could use it later in the season to get some guys healthy and everything. You also said the health of your team was relatively good. Um, it, it, I guess I'm asking, you know, Jake Springer and, you know, some missing pieces in the past. 
you feel like they're everybody's going to be ready to go Saturday. Well, you guys know. I mean, say the same thing all the time. I hope so. Um, I don't think the buy helped us. Um, you know, with those issues. So, it is what it is. Lane, this run over 15 years or so that Alabama has been on, and obviously you were there for, for, for part of it. From, from your perspective, what do you think has, has led to the staying power that they've had? It's pretty unreal for a team to kind of have this run, especially in this, like you brought up the free agency and, and all that kind of <clears throat> stuff. Nick Saban. I mean, Alabama's been around a long time. They hadn't won like this, you know, for a long time or run one big for a long time. So it's not like it's just a school, it's one person. So he's been able to maintain it through tons of different players, tons of different coaches, more coaching turnover than I bet anybody's ever had. And so it's how it's by the way that he works. Um, and probably more important than anything, the way that he recruits. You know, they got great players. I think last year we played them here and, you know, they had six first rounders. We had two draft picks. So um, he's dominated in recruiting, and now with free agency, gets to add on to that. And he said it himself when he first asked about, um, you know, free agency that, you know, is going to make the rich richer. And he was right. Seems weird to ask a crowd question, but you guys didn't play with crowds last year. It wasn't loud, really, any place. You're going to Tuscaloosa, it'll be full, it'll be loud. What are you doing this week to just kind of prepare for that for the first time since you've been here? Uh, just normal crowd noise, you know, like we always have for years. Um, I don't think there's much more than you can do. I think more than the noise itself, I think is just staying in poise when you're in an environment like that, you know, not making mistakes just because of the energy level, uh, more than the actual crowd noise itself affecting, you know, your actual snap counts and plays. What stands out about Bryce Young and just kind of what makes this Alabama offense work the way it has? Well, he's got great weapons. He gets out of trouble. He's been very accurate, short to midfield. Um, you know, and you can see last week he basically had numbers that are hard to do on air, you know, when you're going against nobody. So he's picked up really well. And again, there's another coaching change that they've picked up through. and. Um, you know, by far the number one team in the country. This is probably more curiosity than anything, but I know you've taken a liking to Saban's rat poison line. I know he said it after you'd left, but was that something that you'd heard from him internally while you were there, or just kind of what has led you to liking that piece of wisdom so much? He did not. That was new. Somebody must have given it to him after I left. So, um, I just think it's really good, especially the way he explained it. You know, it's like drinking rat poison. You know, it's pretty good. So I would say Lonnie or Dr. Elko must have given him that one. It's pretty good. I would take a question at the top of the room. Lane, you mentioned, you know, you guys are going to a hostile environment, everything, crowd noise. Just how much does it help to have a quarterback like uh, Matt, you know, be able to, you know, lead his offense and try to keep everybody uh, composed uh, throughout this game? Well, hopefully it helps a lot. But again, he's really not done this with us. Um, maybe he did the year before, you know, so, you know, this is a new set of challenges for him too. And all to sort of do rap poison around his success so far and 
talking about Heisman trophies, which is ridiculous at this stage of the year. Like I told the players, it, there's only one ranking that ever matters. That's your final ranking. You know, all the other stuff means nothing. You know, it's like being ahead, you know, three rounds in a heavyweight fight with going 12 rounds. It don't mean anything. So we have a long ways to go and a lot of work to do and a lot of things to work on. Yeah, I mean, he's a great coach. And so, you know, if you have issues the season before being there with him, you know, especially on that side of the ball, he's going to, you know, spend time studying that and spend time, you know, looking at what to do. And so, you know, we already heard he spent time in the off season and they, you know, worked a lot of drop eight against us. So we're practicing, expect to see that. Yeah, I think in that Florida game, having never played with him, and in that game, you know, they were playing, you know, a lot of the same coverage to formations, and so we're actually drawing things up during the game on the sidelines, and that's hard to execute when you haven't been with people and haven't had reps, and his ability to do that and change on the fly was very impressive. So he continues to get better this year protecting the ball, and that'll be huge again. I think I saw stat somewhere on TV or something that, you know, the only teams have ever beat him. Uh, Alabama, I think, were zero interceptions, somebody said, or I think I saw that. Parrish, go ahead. Well, again, for Matt, for this team, none of that means anything, you know, just like the final ranking, you know, being in the top for some Heisman, you know, media talk now means nothing. It only matters if you win the thing. Um, but sure, there's something to that about energy or you go on the road recruiting like this week and, you know, nationally, everybody knows who Matt is. Everybody has, you know, watched us and I feel like they know our team uh, more than probably in a long time here and Monday night game helped you know having the spotlight that we did and so yeah there's a lot of energy around but that can die really quick if you don't keep playing well. Coach, what can a game like this do for your recruiting efforts, not only for the 2020 class, but beyond? Well, I think if you just look at recruiting and beyond, 
you know, the most important thing is to play well. Um, you know, even if that's not in a win, just in the respect, you know, say we go there, you know, with the number one team. So maybe myself and a couple kids can be there. So if that's for me, for me for, we ain't here to, you know, cover spreads or play close games, um, you know, because that doesn't matter in this room or with the program. But outside in recruiting, yeah, that's, you know, is what it is. Coach Alabama does a really good job in their secondary disguising coverages. What, what do you guys do for this week? Prepare Matt for that. Um, well, I mean, like every week, whatever they do, you know, we try to simulate. Our service guys have meetings and try to give them the same looks. And again, with us, we never know because it's a little harder to disguise because of our tempo. So. <clears throat> we're kind of never sure what people are going to do because a lot of times we get a completely different game plan than what they've shown because we're, we're so different. Lane, we see the big arm and the, the accuracy of Matt Corral and his statistics and what he does every Saturday. What are the intangibles you see in him that make him the quarterback that he is? The things that we don't see just by watching the game. Well, I think that he's here at 5.30 in the morning, you know, every morning in the way that he prepares and um, – you know, comes to meetings, his approach to it, him getting on the players, uh, you know, when they're not doing things right, even defensively. So, you know, really those leadership things, um, you know, when you guys aren't looking. Looked like Florida had a lot of success running the ball against this Alabama defense, and you guys obviously had success doing it last year too. What have you seen on tape that kind of went right for Florida, and what are you guys trying to replicate from that? Well, I, I mean, it wasn't a secret formula. You know, they blocked them well at times, um, you know, made the safeties miss. And, you know, had some good schemes. And the quarterback can run himself. So that's usually the formula against anybody, but especially them. So, you know. Lane, both, uh, you know, last year's Alabama team, great team. This year's team, another great team. Uh, both in their own right, though, both unique. Just what uh, makes this year's team, you know, special that you've seen from them? I think they're even better. You know, I said last year was a great team. And I think people, you know, I said maybe his best team ever. I think people think I was just saying that leading up to the game. But then you look and, you know, they run the table and not really close games. I think somebody said, you know, in the last two years, only Florida and Ole Miss have scored over 24 points against them. So, you know, and I think they're better on defense. Uh, you know, with the Tennessee linebacker, you know, added in, 31's now older. Um, you know, he's as good as any rusher in the country. So, you know, we'll have our hands full. Matches environment heading into this week, does it feel different than heading into Alabama last year, or is it kind of the same vibe? Uh I think last year we were more worried about playing Alabama than we are this year. I mean, yeah, we're we're not worried, but I should rephrase that so you don't take it and run with it. We're not worried about who we're playing. We're worried about how we handle each practice individually. So, you know, we're worried about today. We're not worried about Alabama. You know, even though they are a great team and they are the best team that we're going to face this year, we're not worried about them right now. We're worried about getting having the best practice that we can today. I know after Tulane, everyone that came up kind of said that you, you guys were bummed that you had this, this off week. Um, I'm just curious, how did 
how did you feel the energy was to, during that off week? Was there <clears throat> sort of a, a conscious effort on your part to make sure that everybody kind of stayed focused? Yeah, for sure. I definitely was just on top of everybody to make sure that, you know, there was no lack of focus going on because, you know, we need to treat it like as if we we're playing Alabama this week, as if we had a game this week. So, I mean, just just continuing to apply the pressure, even though the pressure's not even there because, you know, we had a break. Matt, you, you talked earlier this season about shutting your social media stuff down and all that. There's a lot of talk out there about this game and about you with the Heisman Trophy and all that kind of stuff. How do you block all that out other than just staying off of social media? Because people are asking you about it all the time. Honestly, they just ask me it when I come into here. But, uh, um, no, I mean, that's like, – like I said, that's not – you know, that's cool, right? It's awesome that people are saying that, but I mean, it's it's not a point of focus. It's not, we're not putting any of my, I'm putting any any energy in it into it. So, I mean, the team shouldn't either, and they don't. You know, no one comes up to me and talks about that, or, you know, they, you know, here or there, like, dude, that's crazy. I mean, I'm like, and, you know, I'll tell them, bring them back down, like, yeah, but we still got to do this. We still got to do this. We got to handle this. And, you know, it's just really focusing on the now rather than later. So, just being able to lock into every single detail that we're, what we're worrying about today, that's what's going to make us a better team. Obviously, you know, they, they've got a, a quarterback from Southern California as well. Did, did you have any uh, pre-existing relationship with Bryce? Did, did you know him at all growing up? No, nah, I mean, I didn't have a relationship, but, I mean, we knew each other. Uh, we, were, we were cool with each other. Um, I played him once when uh, when I was at Long Beach in modern, uh, and he was at Modern Day. They killed us. Uh, modern day is ridiculous <laughs> but I mean you know so is Alabama so I mean you know this is it's going to be a great team uh great team to go against and it's going to be fun playing against them for sure this is your first time playing in front of a hostile crowd in almost first time years. playing in Bryant Denny yeah first time for Bryant Denny for you just what do you do you look forward to that at all do you yeah absolutely I mean I love I love when the, when the crowd's crazy I love that regardless if it's ours or not ours I mean just having that energy, it, I love it. That's college football. That's, I mean, it's not why I play, but I mean, that's just a big plus. I love it. With the way that uh, Dontario and, and Ningo have kind of broken out this year, what did you see from them over the summer and, and fall camp that kind of led to them playing the way they've played this year? Them coming up to me and asking questions. Um, them constantly being worried about what I'm looking at. Excuse me. Um, just their attention to detail on every single play. When when Drum knows he's the first option, he he's coming up to me. And he's like, "What are you looking at? What like what defender are you looking at? And then who am I running my route off of?" And you know, just just little questions. Um, is it better if I go a couple more yards to get a bigger window on the over? Or like just little things like that. Like it it matters. It makes a big difference because he knows what I'm looking at, and now we're on the same page. And you know, there's a lot of times where. Me and Elijah didn't really expect to be on the same page. He just kind of went out there and did it, and I adjusted. And, you know, that's good, but, you know, that doesn't work all the time, right? Be, us being able to be on the same page, regardless of what the coaches call, as long as we're on the same page, we're going to be wrong together. You know, that's all that matters. We're going to be on the same page. If it's not open, get to the next progression. If it's not there, take off and run. So, I mean, like just them being able to uh, – really realize how, how big of an import, importance it is to pay attention to the details because they realize how big a difference it makes. I think that's the difference this year. 
kind of on, on the flip side of that is, you know, maybe Braylon hasn't put up the numbers quite yet that maybe we were expecting. How, how has he kind of handled everything? Is he the same guy every day, no matter what? Definitely. I think Braylon just uh, puts a bigger chip on his shoulder. You know, he's not worried about, um, you know, who's getting all the attention because he knows we all know what kind of, what type of ability Braylon has. Um, you know, it's just whether when that day is going to come and he's been consistently working. So, you know, it could be this week, could be next week. It doesn't matter, but I fully believe that it's going to happen at some point. Um, you know, I feel like that, you know, that fun thing you're talking about, you know, is just Coach Levy and Kiffin's, um, that's just them trusting me to get to the right spot. You know, we can keep calling these deep shot plays over and over and over, but if I keep forcing them downfield and us not getting any yards, can't keep running it, you know? So, you know, as long as I keep hitting my check down and keep getting to where I'm supposed to get to, you know, I'm allowing them to keep calling those players because we're, you know, we're consistently getting yards. Um, you know, and that's just, that just comes from a trusting and me being second year in the system, uh, I think it helps a lot. Matt, what have you seen from Alabama's secondary on film so far and what do you expect to see on Saturday? Uh, they're, they got great guys all around. Every single one of them are physical and they can run with. Um, you know, it's just for us, it's just going to be up going out there and executing and staying within the system, you know, doing nothing different. Um, just trusting our rules and trusting our keys and, you know, being able to go execute. Because like I said, guys, you know, they don't, they don't get beat very easily. You know, they, they're well machined defense and um, it's going to take a lot to bring them down. But uh, it's definitely going to be a tough match for sure. Yeah, that was Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral about what he is going to expect. And, you know, I appreciated the fact that he's got a confidence. And it's not cocky. It's just a confidence. And he came out and said, you know, no disrespect to Alabama, but we're not worried about Alabama. We're worried about how we prepare this week in practice. We're worried about how we do our things offensively. And I think that says a lot about him. You know, I was on Tech Sags. And they asked me about what I thought about Matt Corral. And I think the number one thing – about Matt Corral this year is his level of experience, his level of how he's dealing with the media, his professionalism, both on and off the field. I mean, he's obviously a leader in the huddle. You know, you know, we asked Lane Kiffin about the Heisman talk and about um, all the preseason polls and the polls during the season, and he essentially said it doesn't really matter, but it is nice to be recognized. Matt Corral, we asked him about that. Obviously, he said he disengages from social media, and the only time he gets asked about it is in the room with media. That's a good answer. I'm not sure I buy it, but it's a good answer. And so Matt Corral addresses the media, and I think he'll be ready. And I think he's had this game circled for a while. The college football world will be looking upon Matt Corral, and we'll have a chance to see uh, Matt Corral in a couple of days. This game should be a lot of fun. Now, a couple of things that happened uh, not long ago, really yesterday, actually, is Michael Wilbon, if you haven't heard, I didn't know the show was still on, so anyway, that's how much I pay attention. But the show is PTI, pardon the interruption, and he and uh, Tony Kornhauser, who, once again, I think the show's at some point during the day on ESPN or one of the ESPN platforms. Uh, he, is a, he doesn't just go in, all in on Lane Kiffin about, you know, calling out specific areas and where in which Lane Kiffin has fallen short in his career. He really doesn't call anything out. He just makes it personal and he goes after him. It came up on Twitter last night and it kind of caught Twitter storm and it kind of got viral, started running across message boards and that sort of thing. 
Well, Lane Kiffin responds. So does Ole Miss Athletic Director Keith Carter. Here's what Michael Wilbon had to say. started this by saying the answer is Mississippi because of Lane Kiffin. The answer is Alabama yeah. because of Lane Kiffin. There's nothing to be proud of if you're a college footballer or any of the sport for Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's a clown. Lane Kiffin has been an embarrassment at multiple stops. I mean, nobody's going to run out there and say, yeah, I want Lane Kiffin right here on the logo representing me. The answer's Alabama, Tony. Lane Kiffin's a cute little story for guys like us who have to talk about sports every day, and we can come in Monday and say, ha, 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 Lane Kiffin. Once again, Lane Kiffin equals embarrassment at some point wherever he is. Al- hasn't been at all Miss. He hasn't been an embarrassment yet. At some yet. point, They're he ain't finished his tenure yet. They're ranked. No, I think that's a better newspaper story for yeah. sure. Yeah. I still think newspaper stories. And there you go. That was what Michael Wilbon had to say about Lane Kiffin. To Lane Kiffin's credit, he responded on Twitter, very civil, and then uh, Keith Carter backed up that tweet with kind of the same thing, inviting Michael Wilbon to come to campus. thought it was interesting that Wilbon referred to Ole Miss as Mississippi, so maybe this is something a little more deep-seated than just something uh, personal with Lane Kiffin. And then Lane Kiffin kind of chimed in also uh, this morning, uh, responding just a little bit more, digging a little bit more Michael Wilbon. Suffice to say, we thought the rivalry would be between Nick Saban and Nick Saban and uh, Lane Kiffin. <laughs> it's not. It's Lane Kiffin and Michael Wilbon, of all people. Uh, someone who has not been in the limelight for a while, but I guess you can get ratings, I guess, anyway you need to get them. And I guess he's gotten some exposure here, especially on uh, Twitter. Uh, the last couple of hours. Well, that's going to do it for us here on uh, the Wednesday edition of the Believe in Ole Miss podcast. We'll have Chris Stewart of the Crimson Tide Sports Network coming up later on this week. We look forward to visiting with Chris, and uh, we'll get the Alabama side of things before we get you ready for kickoff at 2.30 on CBS on Saturday. It's undefeated Ole Miss and undefeated Alabama. Boy, it's going to be a big one. Thanks once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. And be sure to tell a friend. It's growing beyond measure, and we're so excited you're, you're along for the ride. So thanks, everybody, for being a part of the show. We look forward to seeing with you in a couple days. And thanks once again for listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. You've been listening to the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan. Download the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online. Be sure and check us out on Twitter at BradLoganCOTE and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the pavilion, to Swayze Field. It's all Ole Miss all the time. This has been the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.